This is the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. You're about to discover the most entertaining rock music podcast on the planet, filled with the best stories straight from rock musicians from all over the world. Rock music isn't dead. It's getting better and better. It's time to start paying attention again. With that said, let's get this party started. The mountain's gonna rise and fall by me. Hello and welcome to the Power by Rock podcast. We're only speaking with Vinny Morales of the LA rock band Grave Secrets today. These guys have just released their debut album called Till Your Lungs Fall Out, which is 10 songs that I guarantee will blow you away. The vinyl is currently on pre-order and I highly, rec- highly recommend you pick that bad boy up. They also released a split EP earlier this year with Bed on Wiretap Records that featured two of their more popular songs in Mood Ring and Fuck Shit Up. I got that right here. And Wiretap nice. Record Club member. So that's what I got in the mail. Um, I definitely could say, go check that out. I haven't even opened this one yet, but I've listened to it already. So, um, I first heard about grave secrets when obviously Rob from wiretap mentioned them in a post about signing the band. I don't even remember when that must've been like March of this year or something like that. I'm, I'm not even sure when it was, but then I was like, okay, I, I looked into it. Then I don't think you guys even had much music out, but you did have some music out and right away. I realized why, like Rob's got great taste in music. So if he's recommending a new band, signing a band, you're not gonna you're not gonna find a, a better you know taste bud than Rob's. But if for anyone who's looking for good music, I instantly realized that you know if you love good hardcore sound with like melodic punk vocals uh, and a little bit of moody shoegaze mixed in there, then you're absolutely gonna love Grave Secrets. Hey, Vinny, welcome to the show. Thank you. Quite a quite an intro. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, I try, I try to like, you know, pump you up so that way you feel good about being here. So that way, also that way you don't feel like it's just some schmuck on the other end being like, hey, I, here's what I had for breakfast. What'd you have for breakfast today? That kind of yeah. podcast, you know, totally. it's none of that bullshit here. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it. Yeah, I've been, I've been right. actually watching you guys for a while too. Probably a little bit longer than, than you guys have been watching us. I've been, I think I've uh, checked you guys out a little over a year ago. I nice. found you guys through um some, some band, uh, I forget who it was, but anyway, yeah. Very you guys, cool. Yes, run an awesome show. So it's like a long time listener, first time appearance. Yep. That's right. <laughs> All right, perfect. <laughs> yeah, stoked to be on. All right. Well, there's obviously not a lot of information about the band Grave Secrets out, out online because, you know, it's a pretty new band. You guys started in yep. 2020. Um, I think you guys started as a three piece, but now you have a fourth member from, from what I was able to gather. But kind of tell me what's the full story about the band, how you guys got together and were you guys in previous bands and then, um, you know, how did Grave Secrets come about? Yeah. So, well, I've I've personally been writing music since I was probably like 15, something like that. Um, I've always loved, you know, it's, I've always said like, I like uh, playing guitar and stuff. I'm not the best guitarist, I'm not the best singer, but I love writing music. That's my, definitely my passion. And um, so I kind of did my thing. I was in a few different bands like growing up and then sort of left the music scene in my early twenties for a couple of years for, you know, personal work reasons and stuff. And all the while I was still writing music. So anyway, I started kind of getting more heavily into writing music and I had a project in mind called No Spirit. And um, my best friend, E.T., so we call him E.T., his name's Eric Torres. He actually introduced me to who are now basically the band. So Kevin and Kevin um kevin drummer kevin castaneda and then guitarist 
singer Kevin Gonzalez. And um, Kevin Gonzalez and I, we we definitely have like a very similar story. So same thing. Like he grew up, he's actually like an OG pop punk fan. So gotcha. I don't claim to be that. Like I definitely know, you know, know some of my shit and I'm very selective with what I like to listen to, but he has like a plethora of knowledge and love for music since he was like a little kid. So, and same thing, like he would spend hours in his room just playing music, writing music, listening to music. And um, so when we met, we were instantly fans of each other's projects because he had a project called New Leaf. I was kind of doing my solo thing, like Warren Mosley slash No Spirit. I had a bunch of different little things, but we fell in love with each other's music secretly. Like I was streaming the hell out of his stuff and he was streaming the hell out of my stuff. And um, then we decided to jam, like meet up and we had a lot of chemistry we played a couple shows as No Spirit. I think we played like one or two. We released an album, so it's out there if you guys ever want to check it out. Gotcha. Um, I don't really tell anyone about it. It's a secret. <laughs> uh, and then I'd say like 2020, I thought of the name Grave Secrets because I think I was listening to like a, I think I was listening to a podcast or something, and I just heard the phrase and I thought about it and I got kind of like felt like it connected with like a dark theme and then also like every song. Every song that that I've personally written, um, it's all true. Like it's all yeah. real, real shit. Every every single song. There's some stories in there that I've never told anyone that are, ironically enough, like on a platform for everyone to hear. So it kind of felt like Grave Secrets just like matched that theme, and that's how that's how it came about. And Castaneda, also original member, like ground up. We've had a couple different bases. We now have Carlos in the band. Um, so yeah, it's been cool. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean that's one of those things. Like, um, you know, if you actually, well, first of all, you have to have enough people in your vicinity to be making good music to be able to find somebody who you have similar interests with that actually plays music that you like. Whereas, like, you know, I grew up in North Dakota. There was nobody else that was making music around me that was like putting out anything. I'm like, I just got to make my own music and hopefully it doesn't suck. Back then, I'll say it was good for what it was. I still like it, but I made it, you know, in high school. Uh, but it's a lot easier when you're living in Southern California, right? There's there's no shortage of musical talent in in Southern California. So, and we'll talk about that a little bit in, uh, a little bit later. But um, your sound is what I kind of consider my perfect blend of rock styles. We have a bit of punk, a bit of grunge, alternative, a little bit of pop. Blend that all together. And it comes together in like one of the best possible ways. So I, I've Thank seen you. you mention bands like Joyce Manor, which obviously doesn't sound like your band necessarily yeah, um, as, as an influence, which makes sense for the melodies and the shoegaze parts. But what other bands do you draw influence from, especially for like the harder stuff? I mean, definitely like the band is, you know, we're unashamed to be just like big title fight fans. We, we yeah. just grew up on it. It's like, it was like our first love, uh, you know, because you grow up listening to so many different bands and then you hear that one band that just like is like has a very unique sound. And I feel like they definitely invented their own sound, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, they also drew from a bunch of things, but were just themselves. And so we're big title fight fans. We love, you know, Tiger Jaw. Um, Kevin Gonzalez loves a lot of like, you know, he he loves a lot of like the original uh, pop punk bands. God, like. I'm afraid to to say what bands because I don't want to butcher it and I don't want him to kill me. But like I know, like he loves you know Blink. Um, last night he was sending me some music by Good Charlotte and stuff. So yeah. he 
you know, he has a, a more vast music knowledge than I do. I, I definitely am very close minded and listen to the same like 10 bands for the last 15 years <laughs> and I'll never change. Like it's rare for a band to, to pop into my, my playlist. Yeah. Well, you keep watching this show. You'll find more and more bands. I think that should pop into your playlist, but yeah, totally. um, <clears throat> that's kind of one of the reasons why I, I, I like to talk to people about this stuff and bring people on for a podcast. Cause you never hear people talk about title fight or, I mean, obviously good Charlotte and blink Wayne too. You've heard on the radio that people talk about them, but you never hear the, about these being mentioned as influences for bands these days or influences, or even just as a, as a, as a popular band. Right. So when you hear bands like, you know, Joyce Manor, who's a little bit more, I guess, has more notoriety title fight, obviously um, these bands, you know, when, when you say these are our influences or these are things that we've drawn, um, you know, uh, certain parts of our music from, then people are like, "Oh shit!" Like maybe it's okay to like this other genre of rock music or this other genre of hip hop or pop or whatever people are listening to, because I find that the more musical influences you have, the better you sound. It's it's usually a case of like, you know, the best punk bands don't just listen to punk music. The best punk bands listen to, you know, R and B and like sixties yeah. retro stuff, right? You're like, yeah, that, I mean they get the melodies and the harmony, but then they apply it in their own way. And that's how I feel like you guys do it because, you know, as much as you can compare yourselves to, you know, like a turnstile or title fight or any of these other bands that are kind of coming up right now, well, not title fight so much, but like turnstile obviously blowing up pretty big, but yeah. um, you know, there's, there's this unique way that you guys do it. That does bring me back to like the early 2000 with the emo rise for a little while. And when I say emo, I don't mean the, the whiny, like dashboard confessional style. I mean like the, I hate the phrase screamo because really it's just loud singing. I mean, it's not screaming. There, yeah. there were definitely a ton of bands that did that. Um, but you know, the one, the more melodic ones like a Kyoto or Chiodos or however you pronounce that. Yeah. Um, something yeah. like that. Some of these other really, really good bands from back in that time. And, and I listen to what you guys do and I'm like, Holy shit. Like they do what those bands were doing, but I think they do it better. Cause I don't think you guys do it as whiny which is good like there's, there's something about having that whiny voice that like always pushed yeah. me away from like a lot of emo music in general and i'm like this is this is how it's done like this is a man singing it singing it like from his heart without trying to sound like you know really, really. whiny about it and it's 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 tough to do that whiny shit. i totally and look like everybody teaches mm -hmm. them and i respect everything you know yeah. but i completely agree with you yeah <laughs> title fight voice manner like you have it's, they're screaming but it's like full bodied and it's not i feel like the reason i don't like the whiny stuff is not because it's not masculine or something i think it just sounds like more of a performance than exactly a right. raw expression of like somebody screaming how they feel which yeah. is what i love about title fight like you know they it just sounds like he's in pain when he's singing that he's in pain it really yeah. sounds like it and it's dope so yeah, I, I agree and try to stay away from that for sure. Yeah. I think when you, when you say it's performance, I think a lot of it's because they want to, well, I feel like there's a, a certain part of it's like, I want to get laid by singing like this. So like, it's <laughs> like, if I sing like this whiny, it makes me appeal to women more or something like that. Like, Could you know, be. like Dane Cook was like this uh, comedian that always seemed to do stuff that he, it seemed like he was just trying to attract women with his comedy. And I'm like, stop, stop making a show of it. Just, tell the jokes and be funny. Like you don't have to rely on your good looks or, you know, a good voice or whatever. Like let, 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 
let the let the songs do the talking instead of you performing it right i mean i'm not saying you shouldn't perform but do it in a way that's not unnatural and that's not for the wrong reasons i guess is, the, is what i'm yeah. trying to say there i agree just raw yeah. expression <clears throat> yeah and so let's talk about the new album because it's like i said it's just full of absolute bangers and i mentioned mood ring and fuck shit up already and i think we can definitely start there because they're kind of two ends of the the style in my opinion so mood ring obviously being a bit more melodic uh it's the it's the album opener great song and then obviously fuck shit up rightfully being a bit more on the hardcore side so how do the songs kind of come together or how do they come to life during the writing process um so mood ring was I should be super super honest like mood ring was i was talking to my girlfriend actually about uh how she feels quite often and she was just expressing herself and um I was very interested in like the way she was expressing herself and the things she was saying that she felt because I feel like I've never understood how a lot of people feel because I don't feel I feel like I'm a little bit I definitely feel things but I'm a little bit kind of like numb to a lot of things I just move forward like I don't really feel yeah. like dwell in things too much I try not to um but hearing her perspective on like how certain things made her feel and like you know, she felt like she never belonged anywhere and all these things and whatever. So we just had this long conversation and then she like left and she was like all sad. And I just took out my phone. And I started writing mood ring. Like it just, the, all the lyrics came out immediately. It was just like, boom, 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 boom. Like it was like a long notes page of lyrics. And then I picked up my guitar, like my acoustic in bed. And I just like dropped D and like just started playing the chords or like finding like a few chords that I liked. And then I was like, dude, this is going to be sick. And then it originally had a different intro. And then we took it to Alex Estrada at Pale Moon Ranch. And he did his thing that he does with all of our freaking music. Like he just dialed it in and like said, like, this should be like this. This should be like this. Just like small tweaks that really make the song different. So like how the song comes in, like, like always disconnected like the yeah. quiet we never perfected yeah. and then like the screech thing we do with like the top of the guitar that's an alex thing nice. um so that's kind of how that song came together we you know obviously brought it to the boys in the studio we jammed it they added the ending like the last fast part which is everyone's favorite part where everyone nice. goes nuts at our shows like that's usually yeah. the fun like big ending um the boys added that kevin specifically was like i feel like it needs something at the end like something you know to get it going and then we're also inspired by our, our brother band bed they're very close homies and he does a lot of that like fun fun stuff so that's how that song came together that's the full nice. story i don't yeah. know if that's too long but no that's, that's perfect and and i think you know, like when i listen to mood ring i think it's it's one of those songs it's it's quite iconic that it, and it's crazy that like you know, a band like yours or, you know, other bands, like especially in SoCal scene right now are creating some of these songs that what I would call like an absolutely perfect song. You put that on the radio, it should immediately be catchy. It should immediately get airplay. It should immediately become popular. Like those, there's certain songs and that's one of them that you could put on the radio right now. And I guarantee people would love it. It's just getting it on the radio. That would be like the, the step, the right? Part. Like that's the hard part. Yeah. Uh, but it's one of these songs where it, like you listen to that song, you're like, I swear that's like that's got to be like a big band, right? And then you're like, oh, it's just a it's a debut album from a small band in in SoCal, and you're like, holy shit, like these guys absolutely know what they're doing, and yeah. it's just a really really good song. So I mean, 
that was one of the uh the big when i when i first heard that song i was like holy shit like these guys are gonna be huge Thank what you. does huge mean anymore i don't know but like yeah. i heard of it i liked it and i was gonna tell everybody i, I knew about it so that's all that um, matters to us man yeah honestly <laughs> these days music's weird it's trust me like my whole life i've found so many good songs that have three plays and i'm like what the fuck like yeah how you know um it's just you know it's a saturated industry and we obviously do want to make it as big as we can, but also like the main reason I think we're all doing this is just so that we can uh, just say we did it like before we're fucking dead, you know? Yeah. How old, how old are you guys? You guys are like mid twenties, right? I'm actually 29. So I okay. just turned 29 and then Kev is 30. Carlos is 26. And then I think other Kev is like 27. Yeah. So I was... we're, we're late twenties. Early I was just thinking about this the other day because I was watching that Get Back special about the Beatles, right? And, like, they're talking about finishing their last album. I think they were all, like, 28, 29, 30 at that time or something. I'm like, the Beatles were, like, the most famous people in the world before they were 30. I'm like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Jimi yeah. Hendrix, 27. All the music he ever put out was before he's 27. Obviously, Nirvana, 27. I'm like, that's insane. Like, if you basically, nowadays, if you don't make it before 27 – you're not making it in the music industry, which is absolutely insane. Yeah. And no, I just, I just blew, it blew me away. Cause like, I know young bands. I'm like, Oh, this band's great. They're a young band. I'm like, Oh, they're 28. I'm like, I guess they're not young compared to like back yeah. in the, uh, you know, the last generation of musicians. So that's it's just one of those things that blows me away. Yeah. I tell young bands when I meet them and like, they're like 19 and making good music. I'm like, dude, focus on it. And like, don't get distracted by other shit because yeah. you can, you can be old later. Like you yeah. work and money and everything will be there when you're 30 and 40 and 50. Like you can do it later. You're never going to be in your early twenties again. So if you have some kind of talent and you're young, like just do it. You got yeah. literally nothing to lose, you know? Yeah. And, and you can be broke when you're young. Everybody expects you to be broke when you're young. Nobody exactly. expects you to be broke when you're 35. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I left music for that reason. Cause I, I just, you know, I'm, I come from a single mother, like family, like yeah. you know, we struggled a lot. So I was kind of the man of the house by the time I was like 11 and, um, I had to just make money, man. Like I didn't have a place to live. So I left music for a bit and I actually started doing real estate. And that's what I've been nice. doing for like the last eight, nine years. And um, it's been cool, but I definitely missed music. So I don't know. Let's see. Let's see where it goes. It seems to be, it seems to be progressing pretty quickly for, yeah. for the amount of time we've been doing it and just see what happens. You know, yeah, and I think there's a, a little bit more openness to the underground scene for bands between 30 and 40 now that didn't exist 20 years ago. Cause I mean, 30 to 40 year olds, when I was in high school, I'm like, those guys are old. Like that's old, old yeah. people music. <laughs> like, that's, that was like Aerosmith when I was in like grade school. I was like, they're old. They're like 35. I'm like, that's fucking insane. That Aerosmith was like, I was ever alive when Aerosmith was younger than like 50. Right. And, but yeah, I was, <laughs> I think a lot of people don't realize how old certain bands are like, yeah, yeah. I won't, I won't name any names, but there are a lot of my favorite bands that I was like surprised, you know? And then also like, uh, people on out so yeah i mean look i think now there's just no there's no limit like you can do whatever yeah. you want you know however however old you are just do your thing enjoy yeah, it exactly if you're doing it for like the love of music that's what matters yeah it really matters and and you can't control what other people can can or can't do you can only put out what you put in right so put in what you got if you can if you can push hard push hard if you can't 
push what you can and then hopefully get the best outcome for yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously, um, fuck shit up. Like where did that, where did the motivation for that song come from? Dude, just honestly, I'll be completely real with you. I went to a show the night before and just had such a crazy time. And then I woke up the next morning and just like started writing. But that song is really just about, it's just everything. It's very blunt. Like there's no hidden meanings in that song. Like it is what it is. I, it's about living in LA, fucking hating all the pretentious people out here. Like all the people that just care about money who want to be better than the next person. That's pretend all that they're somebody about. already when they're not. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretending they're hot shit and they're living paycheck to paycheck behind the scenes. Like nobody's real. You know, there are real ones out here, but like there definitely are a lot, like, especially in my, in my work, my job industry. I see it so much. Like yeah. it's disgusting, like how, how fake people are with each other. And um, like, I ran your credit, credit score and it does not say that you're hot shit. <laughs> dude, you don't know the half of it. <laughs> Like I see people's real financials um, and it's crazy. Like public perception versus reality is so completely skewed. And uh, it's about that. It's also about, so I grew up in a pretty much a cult. Like my mom raised me as a Jehovah's witness for a little while. And um, it's about hating religion. It's about the hypocrisy of priests that, you know, touch kids behind closed doors and then preach the word of God to everybody and act yeah. righteous. It's just about all the, and it's about the wars. It's about like what's happening right now in Israel. It's about, you know, just it's, it's about hating the, the fact that we can't seem to love each other in this world. That's pretty much what it's about. And it's, yeah. you know, yeah. So it's about- yeah. I mean, this is something, obviously the topics that you discuss are, by no means our generation or your generation. I mean, I'm only a half generation away from you, but there's no, there's no difference between the sixties, the fifties. And now it's just the, I guess the circumstances are slightly different, but the, the topics we're still talking about the same fucking thing that they talked about in the fifties, the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, stop fighting each other. Stop blowing people up for no reason. Stop, you know, raping and molesting people. Like this is human nature seems so sick in in nature that like the fact you have to mention that this is an issue is fucking sad like it's yeah. it's 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 the problem when you just have to mention that like there are legitimately millions of people being murdered by governments in a year yes whatever that means to you like if you think that they're doing it openly or you know you know behind closed doors either way there is no escaping the fact that millions of people a year are murdered by governments in the world which is crazy. It's disgusting. And it always has been and it always will be. And unfortunately, it sounds like it's a part of, of, of human nature and maybe not our true nature. But when there's money involved, there's always corruption and there's always yeah. going to be killing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's terrible. Yeah. And I mean, they're, obviously, the, voicing your opinion doesn't seem to matter to con- you know, con- Congress or parliaments or whatever, you know, the, the governing bodies across the world, voting people out seems harder than it does to vote right people in because once the right people are in, they just immediately become corrupt anyway. So definitely yeah. a lot of broken systems. And, and everybody's like, I, I love the fact that people in the U.S. are like, oh, I don't want to live in like Russia because they have a corrupt government. or I don't want to live in the Philippines because they have a corrupt government or Mexico because they have a corrupt government. I'm like, we have the literally the most corrupt government on earth we just made it all legal and, yeah. and, and, and sidestep the actual boundaries. Yeah. You don't know how corrupt we are because we don't have all the trials that we should when 
it's outright corruption in the Philippines or Mexico because they've made laws that say you can't do this. Whereas our president tries to stop an election. You know, they, they try to overturn, you know, government like judges decisions by throwing out executive power. And you're like, yeah, wait, how's that not? That's corruption of power. That's exactly what that is. I don't understand how that like I don't get what people are thinking. Yeah, there's a lot of it, man. And it's it's yeah, it's definitely something that I was I've always looked at since I was a kid, you know. I always looked yeah. at I was always fascinated by politics. And then, you know, I think anybody that gets into politics, you end up getting to a place where you're just like, fuck, like there's no saving this. There's no yeah. point. Like who cares? I'm just gonna make music. Fuck this, you know. I don't yeah. know. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. And <clears throat> obviously I still vote, but at the same time I'm like literally the vote almost doesn't matter. I I even live in a swing state where the vote actually does count. And like some things yep. can matter by like a couple hundred votes or whatever, but I'm still like, honestly, like we just got a new governor who's borderline human trash, like a bunch of stuff. Right. So like nothing goes your way a hundred percent of the time. And I'm not saying like, I don't agree that both parties, like, I think there should be more parties. I think both conservatives and Democrats, liberals, whatever you want to say, do have a right to exist. And I don't, I don't hate all Republicans. I don't hate all conservatives. I don't hate progressives, socialists, communists. Yeah. People are people, people have opinions, but when the, when those, you know, ideologies are played out with money, that's where it becomes very distasteful. And, for and sure. Yeah. <laughs> On both sides for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's anyway. tough. It's a, it's a rabbit hole, man. Yeah. It I, know. Really is. I don't know how we became a political science like a lecture hall all of a sudden, but we'll go off on another topic here and we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll table that for now. But another song I want to probably uh, bring up in, and, and just cause I think it might get overlooked and, and I don't know how your band sees each one of your songs. I know when I make, when I make music, I do have my own personal favorites. And then I'm like, these ones are kind of going to be the ones that I, that other people will like, but this one's kind of like my personal favorite. Yeah. One of my personal favorites on your album was actually distant, which from start to finish is, one of what the best songs I've heard that came out, you know, if it came out 20 years ago, I think it would have been instant classic as well. So I think you guys would have become like a big time festival act now because of that. But uh, what did, what did you get your inspiration from, from that song? And, and how do you view that song? Is it, is it a special song for you or is it just, yeah, I made it up and now it sounds good, but I didn't think it was going to be that good. <laughs> that is a special song for me. And it's very much, I feel like it sucks. Like you, the songs that you love so much sometimes just get overlooked. And I feel yeah. like that's that song's not getting a ton of love. I mean, it's fine. It's doing, I think it's like probably like in fifth or sixth place of, you know, how, however many streams each song has in the album. Um, and a lot of people have specifically hit me up about that song. So that's yeah. the one I think we've gotten the most like feedback on from people directly. It So the intro was inspired by Touche Amore. Okay. Like that just um, – I think the melody of the guitars that I did was too smooth. I think it, I could have made it more just – not messy, but there's a word for it. Just a little bit more choppy or something like that. And then – but anyway, just whatever. It came out the way it came out. So the intro, the screaming, like with just the guitars and it sounds like super reverby, whatever. That's a total yeah. Touche more first album to the beat of a dead horse kind of thing for me at least. Yeah. That's where – I was inspired, and then um, I think there was some basement influence in there. Nice. Uh, love basement, and yeah, I just I don't know. It was just a fun song. 
it was a good yeah we we're thinking about doing a music video for it to try to promote it a little bit more but yeah you know i think we'll it's a good idea i mean i think obviously mood ring fuck shit up i think distant would be it's like you know how like bands used to do like blink Wayne 2 for example i know you you might not remember when they released enema of the state because you would have been probably like eight or nine something like that at the time maybe maybe younger maybe. seven eight nine um but they kind of went you know all the well they went um what's my name again all the small things and then did adam's song right so it's like a good solid rock song a good you know anthem style banger and then they went like let's go different right so like yeah. it's always nice to kind of have like variety right like when you see I the agree. band put out the same three song singles i'm like you know red hot chili peppers could be a great example every single for the last 20 years has probably been the exact same song just great in a different point. Yeah, like, yeah, I like the Chili Peppers, but Jesus Christ, like you, the songs are exactly the same. You just got a different lead guitar part in there. That's about yeah. it. It makes um, you click on it and scroll away really fast when it sounds just like the last one. Yeah, if it sounds different, it kind of keeps you engaged. That's a good point. Maybe you you made the case. Maybe we need to do a, a, a video or something for Distant. I think we do need to yeah. give it a, a bigger push. Our yeah. our, our uh, PR girl Jamie Coletta. She, I mean, she's much more than she's like a jack of all trades. She's like, she's incredible. Um, she works with, uh, she founded no earbuds. Okay. Uh, anyway, she said something that always stuck with me. She said, bands do all this work. They write all this music. They promo the hell out of it. They run ads. They do this, they do that. And then when it drops, that's it. It's like, that's the end. but the reality is you're like 30% there once it drops and yeah. there's still like so much more to do after that. And I'll never forget that she said that. And even though she told me that, I feel like that's what I did with, with this album. I feel like it just takes the wind out of you, man. You know, yeah. everybody, almost everybody does. Cause it's, it's a lot of work to build up to that release. Right. So you're finally like, you get there and you're like, Oh, relief. It's finally out. But you're yeah. like, Oh shit. No, we just get started. We got to go tour this thing. We got to go put more stuff out. Yeah. Um, you know, the, there was a, I got a, I got a piece of advice from a person who, this was for internet marketing, but he said the, the money is in the follow-up. And basically what he means is you can tell your, tell your, tell everybody in the world about what you do and they can say, yeah, I'm interested. Let me know more. And you'd be like, okay, cool. I'll let you know more. If you don't ever follow up, like you're never going to get a, a relationship. Good. You're never going to build that. That's never going to turn into an income stream or any sort of thing for you. So basically don't be afraid to keep bugging people. Not, you're not going to bug people. If they're fans of your music, they're going to want to hear about it, right? So yeah. the more that you can follow up, the more you can be visible, the more you can just keep, keep you know, driving attention. I think musicians are a rare breed where they don't want to keep promoting themselves, but it's the one time in history where you should be, right? Like yeah, self-promotion in the 90s was almost unheard of because you act if you acted like you ca cared about your music, nobody wanted to listen to you. You That's had sick. to be too cool for your own music. Now it's the opposite. Like you have to love your music. You have to promote it because there's no, no other person that's going to do it for you anymore. That's so true. It's funny yeah. that you say that. Cause I remember having, yeah, I did so true. I forgot that people were like that before. Yeah. And I think even in the early two thousands, it wasn't cool to like promote yourself. Yeah. Either. Everyone's yeah. like, Oh, well, if you're talking about yourself, you must not be that good. Cause you're just arrogant now. And it's like, no, it's not arrogant. It's like, look at how much money an independent rock band makes in a year. Minus two thousand dollars or whatever, yeah, right? So like money, yeah, one hundred percent. So let's let's talk about if I'm arrogant, I would have quit this and just gone and done something that you know would have made a bunch of money, right? Like it's exactly. it's not about it's actually about being humble. When you're self promoting on online now, it's more about like 
I won't say humiliating yourself, but being humble to a large audience, right? It's tough. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of humility. Like, or there, yeah, you have to be vulnerable. A lot of vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So obviously you, you'd mentioned in our, in our kind of like the first question or the first answer, I guess, that a lot of your songs come from personal history. Everything's true. So, you know, your lyrics and music seem like they come from a pretty complex personal history. You talked about single mother, uh, having to be the man of the house at 11. I'm just going to ask, what would you describe yourself as someone who has had difficult times in your life? And do you feel your music is a great way for you to cope and overcome those difficult times? 100%. That's what yeah. it's all about. It's like, I've, you know, lived in so many different places that were not good and uncomfortable and scary sometimes. And the one thing like that I could always escape with was just playing my guitar. It's crazy the effect it, it, that it would have on me. I could be in the middle of like a fucking war zone and I can just play my guitar and just completely tune out the world and have like a couple hours of peace in my head where my head's not like boom, 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 boom. It's just like complete peace. And I, I figure that's probably what um, meditation is like when people are really good at meditation and entering that meditative state. Yeah, I think that's what music has always done for me. And I definitely had, I didn't have the best upbringing, you know, just my, my mom and I bouncing around, like we had, you know, we got kicked out of a bunch of places and lived with her ex-husbands and different houses and stuff. And, you know, we had, we were on food stamps for the beginning of my life, uh, for the large portion of the beginning of my life. My, my dad took off when I was like five, six. So, you know, a lot of the music is about that. Um, there's actually, so no one to hear you on the album is a, a true story. And I told, I, I, I didn't want to like, just say what I wanted people to read between the lines and figure it out. But Jamie Coletta actually told me, she's like, you should tell the story about it one day. So maybe, maybe I'll do it here. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So that song is about, um, that song is about my, my dad. He was a twin and when he was 16, so he lives in Guatemala. That's where he's always lived. He came out here for a brief time long story but anyway um twin brother so they were super tight super close and out there like you know you develop a drinking problem when you're like 12 like yeah. kids just drink super young so whatever his his twin brother was got pretty hammered one day and decided to commit suicide so he went to like a local ditch and just like or bridge and like jumped yeah. off and my dad found him at the bottom of it. And and the crazy thing is that he didn't actually die from the fall, but he died because he choked on the mud from the stream that his face landed in. So his lungs were full of like mud and water. And I chalk up a lot of my dad's mistakes. I don't have a relationship with him, but I chalk up a lot of his, his mistakes to that because, I mean, I don't know how fucked up I'd be if my twin brother killed himself yeah. when I was 16. So... I try to not blame him for a lot of stuff, but that's what that song's about. It's a literal like depiction of that whole story. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, that's why I say like every time, every song is true. Every song is really about something. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have understood that story from the lyrics. I do, re I do remember some of the references in there about that kind of stuff, but yeah, I would have never come to that conclusion of that. Yeah. It's a little yeah. cryptic in some ways. Yeah. I didn't want to make it too like on the nose. Yeah, yeah. Like people will be like, wow, this is a very specific event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
It, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it is crazy. Cause obviously, and I've talked about, you know, uh, a band called sleeve. I talked with uh, the drummer from that band about, you know, the one thing that other than DNA that your parents pass on to you is childhood trauma. And what's happened to them is basically manifested to them as an adult. And now they're going to basically tr try, a lot of people try their best not to pass that on to their kids, but it's, it's gonna, it's going to happen. Like whatever you had happened to you as a kid, you're going to pass it on to your children. Even if it's not like, the worst trauma, like, you know, if you just got spanked, like that's trauma to a kid at the time. Cause you know, they're getting hit by an adult. That's, that's scary for a kid. Right. For sure. So like, even if it's just that, like, that's something that you try to not pass on to a kid, but a lot of the times it, it does happen. So um, yeah. it, it is, it's an interesting point where you're saying, you know, you, you, you understand and, and realize the things he can, he could have probably overcome or had to overcome and, 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 give them that fault, but at the same time, not, not give them the uh, satisfaction of essentially getting off the hook either. Exactly. Like I, exactly. That's exactly right. I still yeah. feel guilty sometimes because I know some people don't even have their dads and mine's still alive. And I know I should yeah. probably, should probably talk to him one day, but um, yeah, something I got to figure out at some point. Yeah. It's not an easy one. I mean, yeah, you're the one that got left behind, right? So it's like, why the fuck should I be the one reaching out? I'm the one that got left behind. It's like, yeah. I'm, I'm your byproduct, not the other way around. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. There's so much more to you. As you get older, you start really understanding because you become the age of your parents when they did what they did. Yeah. So you start getting different dimensions of like understanding them and kind of what they were probably going through. So you start yeah. understanding their mistakes more. Um. So yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I mean, th this is why I wanted to come on and talk to you, obviously, because this is the kind of stories that I was, when I'm listening to the music, you can feel the, the pain, the, the, the feelings, the emotion. That's why, you know, a lot of people call it emo because that's yeah. what you expect. You expect a lot of emotional performance in the song. Right. And yeah. that's why I want to talk to you because a lot of these songs just seem like, heartbreak behind some of these these lyrics and um you know i'm glad that you told that story because now there will be at least somewhere on the internet somebody can be like oh let's dig into more about grave secrets and see what what they're all about but um yeah. i will i will definitely mention i'll put a little reel up there and then I'll, I'll stop right before you start explaining it like let's talk about that song here and be like stop yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> like, that'd be go watch the rest of the episode now <laughs> yeah it's a great idea clipping is everything in this day and age that yeah. was the same thing just clipping it up and you know just, yeah putting it out there for people yeah. but that's what jamie said she's like you need to be you, she, she's like people want to know your story so you need to tell your story you need to be vulnerable don't be embarrassed just yeah. tell your story and like that's the most you can do well the the most common expression in art is people don't buy the art they buy the artist right so i mean we're talking about a slightly different art form that's usually painting and sculpting but it's no different between music or poetry or anything else so yeah. Usually the more pain uh, an artist goes through, the more likely they are to have followers because people people put themselves into that person's perspective and, and that position. And it, they also reciprocate a lot of that that feeling and, and experience as well. So I think that's yeah. something people can relate to. That's the beautiful but, thing about music. Yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah. I, I do want to take a quick break. Obviously, we'll, we'll come back, talk more. But I want to play a song off the album. Obviously, you guys have the music video for Mood Ring. I'd like to play that during the break so that way people can actually listen to you. So do I have your permission to play Mood Ring so people can get a taste of your music so that way Spotify and YouTube don't get on my ass about it? 
Yes, sir. You have our full consent permission, Spotify, YouTube, <laughs> leave this man alone. Let him do his thing. Perfect. So we're going to take a quick break and you're going to listen to the song Mood Ring by Grave Secrets. And we'll be back right after this to bring Vinny into the spotlight with some hot seat questions. That should be a lot of fun. We'll see you soon. Always disconnected. You'll never perfect it. Clothes in your dark blood mood ring. You take a second night quill. Don't need anyone beside you. So your eyes shut tight and your head sinks deeper in your pillows. Your lungs fall. Back to the Power by Rock podcast, where I'm here with Vinny from the LA rock band Grave Secrets. Hey, Vinny, are you ready to be put in the spotlight? Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. So I decided to get weird as shit with the first one. <laughs> Normally, Great. I kind of I kind of lube it up and, and, and enter in a little a little <laughs> softer here. But the first question I have is, what animal would you say best represents your music and why? Damn. Hopefully, like a really loving dog. Because okay. hopefully it's comforting, but fun when you want to play and throw the ball around and run around, but also comforting and just makes you feel like falling asleep. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would get that from the music and the, the, the animal that I, I'm listening to, but well, animal I, I could you say, I, I could, well, I would say, you know, obviously, you know, if you're going to go with a, do a dog. Let's just say my description of the dog that might better fit your music is is a stray dog that has found a home 
that though it's had a checkered past and, and has had some, you know, a history <laughs> of abuse yeah. is now as protective as ever of you because you are, you know, helping them out or whatever. So that, I think that Love would that. be more. Yeah. Love that. Done. <laughs> they are caring and, and adorable and all that stuff, just like you said, but for that backstory reason. Love it. It's got to have Done. an origin story. Done. Done deal. <laughs> We're changing our logo, our mascot. <laughs> it's like some stray dog from the streets of Mexico or yeah. something. <laughs> Hell yeah. Little chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So question number two, this is actually music related. If you didn't have music as your main source of creative outlet, what other creative projects would you like to try or would you look to try? I don't know. I suck at drawing and painting. Oh, fuck. I have no idea. Maybe film or like, yeah, like film or editing okay. or like stuff like that. I guess, okay. but I don't. I mean, LA's, like, LA's a good city to be in for that. So you could probably get started with that pretty easily if you wanted to. Yeah. I have a lot of friends that are famous YouTubers and stuff. TikTokers. It's like they're all out here. They're they're like vermin all over LA. <laughs> all my friends are vermin. That's the next hit song, My Grave Secrets. <laughs> all my homies are vermin. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Look at a shirt that says that. <laughs> That's it's a great idea. That's actually sick. You could, you could just have like YouTube and TikTok and all the Instagram and all that. It's like the logos behind it. We're, we're getting, we're coming up with some ideas. This is more of a brainstorming session yeah. than a podcast right now. This, this is, is great like, secrets to success right here. Yeah, I like this. I like this. I'm glad it's on video so I can actually remember, go back yeah. and remember. Yeah. Fingers crossed the recorder goes into like disappear in the cloud as soon as we end this. But yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whatever's meant to be, man. <laughs> all right. Third question, also music related. If you could plan your perfect three-band national tour where you are the headliner, what two bands are coming with you in support? Damn. So that's a tough question. The reason why is because like the bands that I would choose, I would have to open for them. Yeah. Just well, let's say that you got so big that they're not opening for you. I mean, title fight Joyce Manor. Okay. Did I have to choose two or three? You would be the third band, so you'd be fine. Yeah. So just two. title fight, Joyce Manor, Grave Secrets tour. Let's make it happen. Jamie, Ned, hit me up. Barry, <laughs> you know where to find me. Let's do it. <laughs> we already know who's doing your PR, so just contact contact. Uh, you know, yeah. no but no 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 earbuds. No earbuds. Yeah, Jamie Coletta. Yeah. yeah, they know who she is. Yep, yep. All right. Question number four. This is a weird one. This one might be. I think I think I'd like to do both of these, but. Which would you rather watch or be part of? A boxing match between Mike Tyson and Donald Trump or an alien autopsy? Definitely watch an alien autopsy. I would love to watch that. I would not want to be a part of it at all. <laughs> I don't want to We're watch all going to die. <laughs> it would just be sick. Like, I want to see aliens so bad. And Mike Tyson would just fucking demolish Donald Trump. So it's not even <laughs> close. Even like, spend all that money to watch 20 seconds worth of fighting. <laughs> Yeah, you put Mike Tyson at 80 years old against Donald Trump at 25 years old, and Mike takes his head off because yeah. Mike's a giant. He's a tiger. So, that, that was, yeah, definitely alien. Yeah. You could just sit at home and watch that for 20 bucks on pay-per-view be like, I, that was 20 seconds well worth it. Exactly. Yeah, if that. 20 seconds generous. Uh, yeah, exactly. He has gotta, he's got to make his way across the ring and catch Donald Trump from running away first, I think. That's true. Somebody's got to push him back into the ring. It's got to be a small ring. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question. This is one I usually ask of, of every musician that's on the podcast. But what are your four musicians that you would put on your personal Mount Rushmore, either for being influent, influential to you or being your favorite? So they don't have to be 
all different members of the band. They don't have to be a bass player, guitar, uh, drummer, singer. They can be the same. You can be five, four singers or four drummers or whatever. Okay. Um, so again, I mean, sound like a fanboy here, but definitely Barry from, from Joyce Manor has done a lot to, uh, I've just studied his songwriting a lot because yeah. he, it's so simple, but so, um, raw and energetic and non-conventional which i love and i think he's developed his own sound so i definitely have studied him as a as a songwriter and singer um who else um this is a tough question so maybe you know jamie roden from title fight too those you know obviously my two biggest influences i love the way he plays guitar and the way he writes music he uses a lot of um I don't, I'm not a good, I'm not like a conventional guitarist that knows the names of every chord, yeah, but he yeah. uses a lot of weird chords. Like yeah. if you were in person, I'd be like these chords and like yeah. make a weird finger shape. Like this is a seventh chord, but I don't know what it's called. Yeah. It's like these weird off chords that just add so much mood to the music and it just separates it from being just a typical like major chord progression or minor chord progression. He adds yeah. these little like tinges of things so definitely his and this guitar. is why the this is why these these bands aren't famous because they try different chord structures instead of just sticking with the major chords major chords are pop songs everybody just so you know yeah i <laughs> dude it's fine like yeah i don't i don't i won't do it i don't want to just yeah. do like poppy stuff just to to get big i think there are bands out there that did weird shit and got huge because of it you know yeah of course i mean it's pink floyd possible. pink floyd is one of the bands i would point to as like who may have used all seventh chords for the first time in a song, like just all seventh chords, like Pink Floyd, yep. probably. Like, for you're going to sure. look it up. Like, Pink Floyd did a lot of shit before everybody even thought that that was possible. They did. But nobody they wanted did. to sound weird. Everybody wanted to sound good, right? Pink yep. Floyd was like, nah, we're not about that. We're going to be fucking weird as shit. All the drugs. They were yeah. one of our huge, or one of my biggest influences, too. Like, Pink Floyd and Zeppelin, those are the two bands that got me into bands. Yeah. I would say, like, I think those are the two first, the first bands i ever heard and i fell in love with both of them so they were yeah. definitely massive influences early on so that maybe that's two more maybe no specific member from each but definitely those two and um who else um i guess vocally like the singer of movements patrick okay okay dude just got a beautiful voice man just like <laughs> it's just beautiful so yeah. i aspire to try and get 20% of that one day. Yeah. I love his vocals. And it's funny because when I listen to your music, it's it's not that I'm in immediately associating the two bands together, but like, for example, in the song Fuck Shit Up, it drive like, because I grew up when Rage Against the Machine was an active band, right? Like, they're not active anymore, but it reminds yeah. me of when I was a kid listening to Rage Against the Machine for the first time, and it's like, yeah, let's get up. Let's fucking break shit. Shit's going Hell on yeah. in the world. Let's do some shit. Like, I think that there's a, a nice uh, linear line that you could draw between Rage Against the Machine all the way to your your song "Fuck Shit Up" and be like, there is definitely like influence all the way from there. Even if you don't Thank know you. that you're li listening no, to it, that is really. one of definitely that I would I forgot to name them, but definitely that's that's the band when I when you said something about major chords and like that's what you need to pop off. The first band I thought of was Rage Against the Machine because they definitely used weird sounds and weird shit and they yep. took off like system yep. of down too you know yeah system of down was weird as hell they would have 
completely messed up tuning so that you couldn't possibly play their music if you wanted to. But yeah, yeah it's like awesome. go and tab this thing where every chord is destrung to some weird shit that you've never heard before. And like, that's not a chord, man. I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Legendary. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's all the hot seat questions I got for you. I'm glad that you didn't break your brain or make you sweat too much, but uh, we'll come back in just a few minutes to kind of finish up with this uh, interview and we'll learn more about the exciting news about what Grave Secrets has coming up in the near future. And we'll be back right after this. Running your own music career is incredibly difficult. Trying to get people to like, share, comment, listen, follow. It's all just overwhelming. Most musicians give up before they ever achieve success. And that's the worst. If you're looking for a better way to grow your music career, head to DIYRockCareer.com for some absolutely free training. It costs you nothing, and it could be the difference between hitting your goals and quitting your dream. Go to DIYRockCareer.com today by clicking the link below this episode. Then I lost my way. Welcome back to the Powered by Rock podcast. I'm here with Vinny from Grave Secrets. Let's talk about Grave Secrets and what you guys have coming up in the next few months. Obviously, you got the pre-order for the vinyl. Uh, you just did some shows to kind of promote the release of uh, of the online streaming stuff for the album as well. But what else do you guys have coming up? And 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 you know, do you have more shows coming up soon? Yeah. So there's we have. Um, I don't know how much I can disclose. I don't think I can disclose anything. But we have a big show <laughs> coming up in April. That's all I could say. And it's going to be okay. sick. And it's going to be at a big venue. It'll be the biggest venue we've played yet. And I'd love to give a shout out to you know, the man who put it all together, but I certainly can't because I can't reveal too much information, but <laughs> I know that sucks, but I just want to be respectful. And, uh, but that's sure. coming up in the, in, let's just say January and June and right in the middle. And it's going to be fun and it's going to be, you know, not in LA, but close enough for you guys to drive out. So that's going to be sick. Um, and then as far as the band goes, like we are really struggling to figure out what to do because we need to, we want to throw an album release show. Obviously, the album came out like a while ago now, oh, like yeah. a month ago maybe. Um, but we still need to throw a release show, and we're just waiting for the vinyls to come in. So I'm thinking about doing like an LA show sometime January, February, either at the Smell. I don't think we can sell the Echo yet, unfortunately. As much as that's my favorite venue in LA, yeah, I I think we could sell it if we obviously added another co-headliner. Yeah. But there's a big part of me that wants to just really see like how many tickets we can sell by ourselves. Yeah. So a smaller venue might have to be be the thing we do. So it might be the smell, which is awesome. I love the smell. Um, so that's in the works. Do you have any advice? What would you do? <laughs> Come to Vegas, throw a party. Let's go. That'd be sick. <laughs> yeah, no, I, w- I, would, I would definitely recommend doing, you know, if, if you want to promote, the the album release the vinyl release do probably three shows over a weekend friday saturday sunday or something like that or thursday friday saturday take a trip to vegas or to arizona do a show from one of those places as part of that or both um but make it make it special i mean do something big so that way you know even if you just play random small places in, in the places that don't know you as well play a bigger show in your hometown obviously play two other shows get the word out i mean this is there's a reason why I pick, people call it the tri-state area, even though almost nobody associates this all together, right? Like nobody in Phoenix is like, oh yeah, we're we're kind of right there with LA or like Las Vegas is always trying to distance ourselves from, you know, Phoenix and also LA in, in different respects. But yeah. um, it's kind of like the opposite. We like to stay in the middle. We don't want to be either over here or over there. But 
I think there's there's a ton of of potential new listeners to your guys's music that will hit big in both cities. And um, if you need any ideas for bands, supporting bands or, or places to play, let me know. Cause I can put you in touch with some people that that would be a pr- pretty good fit. Awesome. Yeah. I'll definitely hit you up about that. That's a good idea. I didn't think about doing like a three day back to back tour, mini yeah. tours like that. Yep. That's a great idea. So yeah. I got to talk to the boys. Another thing I thought about doing is like, doing a really small intimate thing of like a hundred to 150 people and making that's it that's huge for most bands, by the way. Yeah, no, I trust me. We've played <laughs> to two people before we played to one person before. So like, <laughs> we don't underappreciate it at all. But like, for example, for mood ring, we did something dope. We did uh, an RSVP only and everybody submitted via email and then RSVP to be in the video. So we have like over a hundred emails from people that, love the band and you know wanted to come see it so i thought about as like a thank you to them for doing the mood ring thing shooting them the rsvp link first they get first dibs on the album release show and they get like discounted tickets or something and then once those are all sold out open it up to the public and then do like an intimate 150 cap thing and then my homie brian from deathlands i want to have him uh i didn't even ask me yet but i want he he djs too like secretly. So it'd be dope to have them like DJ in between sets or something. Nice. Yeah. That's a good idea. So. Yeah. I think that's, you know, for anybody who's in an independent band, anytime you try to, you know, create a, a paid ticketing event, try to get pre-sales. Like it, it's, it's so important to get pre-sales because then you have an idea of like what the venue is. Like if you need to change a venue, you can change a venue in pre-sale still, right? Like if you're like, true. Hey, you know, we, we booked too small. We've already got 300 tickets sold let's move to another venue then you know, right? Like if you're trying to just like say, Oh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, we'll announce it. We don't have an emailing list. We don't have any super fans. We'll just announce it on Instagram and hope people show up on the day. That is like one of the worst things you can possibly do. You need to get pre-sale tickets. Unfortunately in Las Vegas, it's very difficult because people always are like, well, I've got 10 million other things to going on. There's a million things going on in the city. I don't know if I'll be available. So Las Vegas is one city I would say it's very tough to get pre-sales. But if you have a hardcore loving fan group, you should be able to get some pre-sale tickets. And then that'll give you an idea of how many you can sell. That's such a – I didn't think about putting out the ticket link before booking the venue. Yeah. I mean it's risky because what if the venue's not available? But It gives gives you options though because if you only do like 10 pre-sales, it's like, well, if we have to, we'll just refund them, right? But if you do 100, you're like, well, now there's – pressure on us to book a good a good venue so that way we can actually do it and we've got pre-sold tickets so i think for sure we could do at least 100 pre-sale yeah. tickets i'm nice 99 sure that that's about like one to 150 something like that and then we add another cool band like as direct support they pull like another 100 and then they're you know we have like a 250 cap thing for like the smell that's why i was thinking the smell because i figured it'd be right around 250 yeah tickets. and it's always better to sell out to than than lose money on, on too big of a space, right? Like I'd rather yeah. sell out, which is crazy because in, in business, you always want to make as much money as you can, but you don't want to lose any money as a band, right? So like your your best bet is to sell out a smaller one and then, you know, the next time, hey, the next time we play, we can do a bigger venue if, if so be. But yeah, you always want to sell out before you ever move to a bigger venue, I think. Smart. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, you know, I just make all these great ideas and then sit in my home and play music by myself. <laughs> Dude, we got it. We got it. We owe you now 10% yeah. of everything. 
Yeah. Well, that's the one thing is I do small business consulting, uh, consulting for other businesses. So it's like, you know, these are the things you would do in any other business. Why don't people apply it to their actual music? But I love that. That's actually the one business that I've always said I I do besides real estate. Cause I love, I have so many bright ideas for other people's shit yeah. aside from my own, you know, I yeah. could fix people's problems like that when they, t- you know, um, so that's, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I know you did that. Yeah. That's what I do. So that's where the bread and butter, I guess, is the, uh, the, the joy comes from stuff like this, but, um, yeah. let's talk about, uh, obviously what do you guys, um, when we're talking about the music, like, do you guys have next level or I should say next album ideas already? Or is that something like you just got this done, you're taking a break from writing for a while, or you already have like 10 in the can, you're ready to go for some more. Dude, probably have like 15 songs done already. That's what I figured. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I wrote three songs last week. Yeah. And alone. Like I am always writing music, but this time the boys and I want it to be a more collaborative process where like everybody writes their own parts. Um, it wasn't like that before because we didn't have the pieces of the puzzle we have now. Yeah. So now I think we're well armed enough to like all get together and write shit together. So yeah, besides all the demos we have, like definitely. So we we have a, a studio date booked with Alex on Tuesday of next week okay. and we have a bunch of demos. So this tonight actually, and then um, Friday we're going to hit the studio and see what song we like the most. There's this one song that it, it's going to probably be called anxious part two. Um, gotcha. And it doesn't sound like anxious, but it talks about like that concept. And it, it's, dude, I think it's going to be a good one because the hook and the chorus are super catchy. Yeah. Um, and the riffs are cool. So, yeah, that's, it's all in the works. Probably do that's like awesome. a two song EP in the next three months, four months, something like that. We just want to keep dropping stuff. Yeah. One thing I will always tell people is, um, you know, the, the problem with a lot of bands right now is that as soon as they get a song written, they want to record it and release it. I'm like, hold on not every song you write is going to be a gem. <laughs> like, yeah, step back and think about it as, as a business. If you were an actual business, right? Like if you have 10 songs and you're just going to drop them as singles right now in the next three months, what does that help you? Like, where did, where does that get you? You get you to like 4,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. Who gives a shit? Like, what does that equate? Nothing. True. But if you actually manage it properly, like you would in a record release or an EP release or whatever, and, and, and do it the right way, and, and drop some of the songs that you don't think fit an EP or an album or even a single and just say, okay, look, not every song is going to have to be released on a recording, right? Like we should have some songs that never get released or maybe we'll be a B-side for something way later or, you know, a deluxe edition or something, whatever you want. But the other thing you can do with those unreleased songs is anytime you do an album or an EP, anybody who pre-orders you give them links to those two extra album songs or whatever that you didn't put on the album. Right. So there's so many ideas that people don't use. They're like, Oh, we'll just put it on the album. Every song is so good. We'll put on, not every song. Like you even might want to put a good song on a a bonus versus putting it on an album. Not like necessarily a song that, for example, a song you play live that just doesn't fit on a record. You're like, yeah, this song really goes off live, but it doesn't go great on a record. So Let's put this as a bonus and see how many people buy it, especially for people who've gone to our show and know that song. Yeah, that's a great point. 
Yeah. That'd, that'd be cool. I thought there's one song we almost did that with um, where we just threw, we're going to throw it on the vinyl alone. It's called Stuck Inside, but it'll probably go on the next album or it'll be like yeah. in, in an EP or something. But That's yeah. another thing is anytime you do physical copies of something, put more songs on it than necess- maybe like the streaming version. So that way people have yeah. another incentive to buy, right? Um, you know. Something else you want to do is a, an acoustic EP. I love acoustic music. I don't know if you are you a fan of Bayside at all? Yeah. So Bayside's cool, but like my favorite work of art from them is their 20, or maybe it was 2010 or 2009 or something. It was early on, um, a whole acoustic EP. I haven't heard that one, so I have to check it out. Dude, it is mind blowing. Like, it's mind blowing. And And it really, because when you just hear their music, like it's easy for it to sound just like music, right? Yeah. I've heard similar stuff. Um if you're just a new listener, cause there's so many bands out there, right? But yeah. if you listen to the acoustic version, you really get it. Like di- it's like the music dissected. You hear every note of everything and you don't realize how intricate and complex their music actually is. Yeah. Like it's, yeah it's, it's, it's easy to sound complex when you get distortion and loop pedals and all this other stuff. But when you strip it all down and you have to play every note, it sounds a lot different. Dude, it's incredible so that's something i definitely that's on the books for this year 100 nice. you'll you'll get an anxious acoustic version you'll get a mood ring acoustic version you'll get probably a bad blood acoustic version you'll get acoustic versions of a lot of our favorite songs and i'll probably go to alex's studio have him live track it have our camera our guy ruben like our videographer film everything throw it on youtube clip it up for tiktok and then throw the recordings on spotify as like an acoustic nice. ep that's 100 in the books this year very cool yep yeah. I, I i'm looking forward to it. i mean this is only just a scratching the surface of, of things that you guys can do so i'm glad that we you know we can sit here and talk about it because i don't think there is a limit to what you guys have for potential to be honest with you i think you guys have a ce- a very high ceiling with your music so thank you, know, you. that's that's the one thing i'm looking forward to and you know it, it, it's music like yours that I'm looking for to become popular again, as opposed to just hip hop, EDM, uh, you know, country music, whatever you want to call it. Cause when I, when I think of songs that people get together and, and you, you play a rock song on the radio, uh, you know, people that know the words to it, everybody starts singing along. You like do that Oasis. for a hip hop. You, you put that for a hip hop song and, how, how many times have you ever heard a whole group of people just start rapping a song? It's not very often, right? Like it has to be an incredibly popular song, yeah. maybe like an Eminem song or something where like it's got a good hook. But most of the time a rap song is not going to inspire a whole room to start singing together, right? But rock music does. And that's what I think you guys have the opportunity to be able to do in the future. Thank you. I hope so. Yeah. hope we have that anthem one day. Everybody yep, yep. <laughs> holds each other around the fire and starts singing. <laughs> exactly. A little Wonderwall action. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, in London, Wonderwall comes on because my, one of my business partners is from London. And uh, he says in London, when the clubs are shutting down, like when it's all over and the lights come on, they play Wonderwall. It's like a yeah. thing out there. And everyone starts singing it. And at his wedding, at the end of the wedding, like the DJ played Wonderwall because everyone was leaving. And all these like English people were there, obviously, for the wedding. Yeah. And they were everyone was singing it like it was so powerful. It was sick. Yeah. It's, it's one of those songs that almost anywhere you go in the world, most people know a good majority of those lyrics and it will sing along to you. So hundred percent, any, anytime you get that kind of level of, 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 uh, you know, mental, what do you call it? Living rent free in somebody's mind forever. Like that's, that's awesome. Cause that song came out 30 years ago, almost now. 
just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> True. All right. So we'll, we'll wrap this up, but I'm obviously going to add some notes to your music and to the socials and stuff like that below the episode. So make sure if you're listening, go check it out, go follow grave secrets, listen to ever all their, you know, their album, check out the music videos. Uh, but one last question before we sign off, what new music, either a new band, new album, new artist, uh, who, who would you recommend that people go check out? Go listen to military gun. They're yeah. killing it right now. You know, I'm sure you've already heard of them by now. They've had a massive blow up over the last 12 months, but they're fucking awesome. Yeah. Love military they actually, gun. they play here in Vegas every, every so often. And they're playing like, you know, just like a, a, a lodge, like a, a Mason hall or whatever. And like, all of a sudden, next next thing I know, they're like touring. I can't remember who they're touring with, but it's like some big band. I was like, "What the hell? Yeah. That's awesome!" Like, <laughs> yeah, they blew up. They're like the yeah. next turnstile, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Speak- I think a lot of people saw it coming too, but like, it 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 it, it happened quickly within like a year or two. So, so that's good. fast. Yeah. yeah, great music. Check them out. Love Very them. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank Vinny from Grave Secrets for being on the show today. Obviously, go check out the show notes below this episode to get the links to the music and social media from Grave Secrets. Remember, the Powered by Rock podcast is powered by our listeners. So to show some support, please be sure to subscribe and share the podcast on social media. You can also make a donation to the podcast if you like or subscribe and, and follow us, uh, you know, with a, actually a, a monthly fee of like 99 cents if you want, which obviously helps us keep making these episodes. You can see the full video interview on our YouTube channel and Spotify now as well. If you want to check out some of our awesome content or our merch and gear, head to PoweredByRock.com see what's good there. That's our show for today. I'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on. Supposed to be easy, it's come.